Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Ruin for the Ordinary podcast. I am your host, Esther Borba, and I'm so honored by your listening support. On this podcast, you'll hear from a variety of topics ranging from self-esteem and identity to fitness tips, healthy lifestyle habits, and more. I'm a critical thinker and will most definitely challenge my listeners with perspectives through a biblical lens and would love to share experiences from memories I've created all around the world. Make sure you stay tuned for the podcast releases every Wednesday. So let's get this show on the road. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to another episode. I'm so grateful for everybody who's been listening in recently. I'm truly appreciative of all the supporters that God has been placing in my life and just everything that he's been moving and doing. I trust him so deeply that he's going to use this platform for his glory. And today's episode is called In the World But Not Of It. We're going to be taking some answers to controversial topics today in society and just touch a little bit on that. Hopefully, you guys can get a different perspective on it. I truly advocate for you guys doing your own research as these topics are heavily debated nowadays and it's important that you guys look deeper into things than just what's provided to you surface level. And I'm not going to lie, sometimes it's a very big risk for me to cover topics such as these because I fear for things like my career because they're heavy topics that if, if professions were to see, they might not hire me. But they are stances I'm willing to speak against and be a voice for. Although they are contrary to the agenda the media wants to impose, I believe that there are people that God is rising up to be a voice for the society today, and I am going to say yes to that. Is it easy? No, not at all. But sometimes that we just have to pick the hard things that we're going to face in our life, because hard things happen to everyone. And there are a lot of obstacles that people may may go through, but you get to pick what you go through. And I pick this. I choose to be a voice. And despite the backlash, I'm just going to say what the Bible says. So if you have a problem with what I'm saying, it's not me. It's the Bible, right? So let's start with some questions. First question, why are Christians so passionately pro-life? Now, being pro-life is 100% biblical, which is why I typically question Christians who identify with abortion. Because God has given every human life purpose and every human life is uniquely and intentionally created by God. No baby is a mistake. No embryo is a mistake. You are not a mistake and I am not a mistake. Although there are situations where babies are brought forth in traumatic scenarios like rape and incest and just painful scenarios that are very touchy jesus offers hope and purpose to each mother and baby that is being brought to the world in these situations psalms 139 says you knit me together in my mother's womb he knit together every baby every embryo the process of of life is one that's intricately made and and created by the lord and it then says i praise you for i am fearfully and wonderfully made and this is david speaking because he knew that the lord took time making him and creating him although he was in despair he knows that his life had purpose number two abortion is very dishonoring to the lord 
to me and biblically abortion is int- intentionally taking the life of another human proverbs 6:15 said that the lord detests the shedding of innocent blood and if you think about it the blood of millions of babies are crying out and the media uses things such as gun control to cover up the reality in america today it's absurd the reality is that a baby is aborted every 30 seconds in the united states now you tell me are guns the real dilemma in the united states gun control or is this abortion issue an actual dilemma an actual fight that america is going through question number two isn't pro-life just a christian view we shouldn't base laws on religion now although the pro-life view is biblical science itself debunks myths such as babies in the womb are nothing more than a clump of cells honestly it's just to me it's common sense but to, to some people it has to be explained too which is kind of crazy to me but the most prominent scientists in the world and most prominent physicians in the world testified to the u.s committee that life begins at conception Dr. Watson Bose from the University of Colorado Medical School said it so well. He states that the beginning of a single human life is from a biological point of view, a simple and straightforward matter. The beginning is conception. This straightforward biological fact should not be distorted to serve sociological, political, or economic goals. Now, he's not the only doctor who says stuff like this, but... Everything he says in this quote and in the hearing that he said is completely true. We are distorting the reality. We are distorting science so that it fits political standards and sociological standards. And so that it fits their agenda and and gets people honestly confused with what God has originated. The world has distorted. The enemy has distorted everything that God said is true. And this is what the media wants to do. They want to confuse you. They want to tell you that... No, life doesn't start at conception. You can kill your baby and not feel any guilt over that. But science, you don't have to be a Christian to know this. Science proves that life begins at conception. If we want to dig even deeper into the science at how life begins at fertilization, the moment the sperm hits the egg, a new organism that has not existed before is created and it's distinct from the mom and dad meaning it's its own unique person it's a whole new human with dna of a human not an animal but of a human and as the embryo grows at 22 days it develops a heartbeat its own circulatory system and its own organs question number three is a follow-up of question number two so listen closely How can science prove that life starts at conception, but the law doesn't? Abortion is legal in the U.S., meaning you're not actually killing someone. So the U.S., you know, it has its issues. It has its contradictory laws because it is allowed in the U.S. Anybody who has a baby can get an abortion if they so wish to. However, some current states are taking the necessary steps to apply restrictions against this federal law, like Texas, as we've seen. But the U.S. law actually considers scenarios such as pregnant women being harmed. In 2004, the Unborn Victims of Violence Act recognizes an embryo or a fetus in the utero as a legal victim. This means that if a criminal were to harm a pregnant woman or murder a pregnant woman, the assailant may be charged with a second offense on behalf of the second victim, the unborn child. So, 
The U.S. allows abortion. However, if a criminal were to harm or kill a pregnant woman, that criminal will be charged with not one, but two offenses. The woman, the pregnant woman, and the baby. So not only science proves that life starts at conception, but the U.S. law recognizes an embryo as a human as well. If this were not the case, they wouldn't be charging criminals with two charges, right? So to circle back to question number two, which says, isn't pro-life just a Christian view? No, science debunks it, and the laws that me and you abide by debunk it as well. Now that we've discussed the science behind it, the biblical perspectives behind it, I kind of want to use this next question to help you personally when it comes to living in a society that completely disagrees with the word of God. How do you live in boldness? It's not easy, right? Because these topics are heavy. They're controversial. They'll dictate your future and your, your professions. But it starts with believing in what you preach. Researching what you believe and digging deep further into what just the media tells you and just the surface level things you see on Instagram, TikTok, and social media platforms. Get in the word of God and find your basis of truth in the Lord. Know that the Lord has purpose for every baby, for every embryo. The Bible says don't conform to the patterns of this world and though these patterns might be so tricky to overcome, Jesus has given you the manual to help you overcome. Once you believe and hold on to truth of what the word of God says, it will equip you to answer people when they question you. It will equip you in steadfastness. I know it's hard to be the only one in a group of people to stand up for what you believe in. And when it comes to actually voicing your opinion, many times we just want to stay silent. But that's why this episode is called Being in the World But Not Of It. Because we're called out of this world. And Luke 12, 11, I trust so much in the words of Jesus when he says, and when they bring you unto the synagogues, and when they bring you unto rulers and authorities, do not be anxious. Do not worry about how you should defend yourself or what you should say. Why? Because the Holy Spirit will teach you what you should say. The Holy Spirit is called the comforter because he knew that we would be in times of discomfort where we would need to rely on him. All through the word of God in Exodus 4.12, God tells Moses, Now go, I will help you as you speak, and I will teach you what to say. Matthew 6.27, Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? I tell you this in faith because I believe that you can be the one who brings change to your group of friends. You can be a voice for the voiceless and you don't have to comply with what people say. Although it is scary, Jesus will give you the words to say. I want to share a story with you guys that I experienced on my mission trip in Panama. It was something very profound. So we were visiting an isolated island that's called Isla del Tigre and that means Island of the Tiger and that particular isolated island was about an hour and a half by boat from the island that we were originally on. So we stayed at a mission space and in order to get to Isla Tigre, um, Island of the Tiger, we would have to take a boat and it would be a longer stay there because we had to get food and, and bring resources necessary to stay there because they literally have nothing. But we were going there to build a house and it's been years 
since anybody has visited that particular island because of how far it is. And there we worked with a missionary's daughter. Her name was Maria and she had a daughter and her name was Miracle. Maria had four or five kids, I think it was, and one of their, her baby's names was named Miracle. And in Spanish, that is such a beautiful sounding name. It's it's Milagro in Spanish. So me and my friends were so intrigued by that name that we asked the story behind why her daughter's name was Miracle. She was eight months when we, we saw her, and she was the most adorable baby ever. So we asked Maria to share her story about her if it wasn't too personal, and she said it wasn't personal at all. It was a testimony of resurrection, and that at three months she had went to the doctor, and the doctor said that in her womb there was no baby detected, and that at three months Miracle was dead. So with a lot of sadness in her heart and just complete de- complete devastated with the whole situation she came home and she asked her sisters and brothers in Christ to start praying for her baby because she knew that she was pregnant but the doctor had said that her baby was dead and that there was no baby in the womb so they prayed and at 5 months she went back just to find that it was a little girl and that her baby was healthy and there was a baby in the womb and the doctor just simply said that it was a mistake that there was actually a baby there and that's why she was later at nine months born and super healthy so she shared that story with us and Maria also told us that it's been eight years since any missionaries had been to that isolated island since it's so far and that the last missionaries who were there were Australians and so she had a series of questions to ask us almost as if she's been saving it up for the next missionaries to come so she asked if any of us were social workers and um, I told her I had went to school and I have some experience with psychology and counseling but I'm not a professional so she opened up about something very deep as we've been talking about abortion which was as she states very common amongst her island because the women there obviously had absolutely no resources to raise a child at all. They lived off fruit that grew off the tree, rice, and coconuts. That was their daily meal. And these women were often raped by the men on the island. So she asked me in particular, she was like, Esther, how do I give hope to these women when there's literally no one on this island who has the resources to raise a baby how how do I go about this and I'm like how how do these women go about the abortions since there's clearly not a medical facility here there's no hospital there's no clinic and she said that the women they do it alone and that broke my heart so one thing I shared with her I was like look I don't have much you know, because in this situation, it's extremely hard. But Maria, I tell you that if you go into those women's houses and just speak life and declare that their baby will be a baby of joy, one that will bring hope to the world, by you speaking life, you will bring existence in these women. And that's the encouragement I gave her. Because in a situation that's so difficult, sometimes speaking life 
is all we have when our situation around us is dead literally where it's just crashing down so then we proceeded to talk about how big abortions are in the U.S. and how common it is in the U.S. and these women wanted so desperately to have the baby but didn't have the resources to and when I told her that there's like millions of babies aborted since 1970 she was blown off the charts because she doesn't have access to information like that or the news so she doesn't know anything that's going on but she said if there was an adoption possibility that every woman on that island would take it so it just goes to show how in america we are so privileged that we even have the option to put kids up for adoption while people in third world countries are struggling because they literally just don't have the money and the conditions to have a baby and here in the u.s we are so privileged that we have the opportunity to even get access to things like this but young teenagers are using abortion and making it a trend on tiktok on social media platforms i watched this tiktok video not that long ago of this 15 or 16 year old girl who just made a quick funny video with a song in the back and said getting an abortion and threw her hand up like piecing it out when i see things like this i think about what our generation has come to that we would kill babies as a trend and that just sickens me that is so upsetting and as Christians, we just have to rise up and pray for our generation before it's too late. So to finish this whole talk, I want to pray for you and I want to pray for the spirit of boldness when it comes to discerning situations where you may not w know what to say. And I know that the spirit of the Lord will come upon you and will give you boldness to face anything in him, through him and by him. So Jesus, I come before you right now, Holy Spirit. This word was not only for me and for my heart, but I know that it was needed for many listeners as well. And Jesus, I just ask that an overwhelming amount of boldness would come over these listeners, that they would go in faith, embracing and latching on to the word of God, believing that what you say about every life is true that they would grasp onto your word and that you would show them the depths of your heart and your love for every life, one that has a voice and one that may not have a voice. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.